Hello there, and welcome to the Football Outsiders live stream and podcast. Hi. Good morning, Mike. We are in Phoenix, Arizona. Hi. Uh, it is February 9th, 2023. I am Aaron Schatz, Editor-in-Chief of Football Outsiders, joined as always by Mike Tanier, and we are both in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, d- despite what it says, we are not live from the stadium. We are at the Media Center in downtown Phoenix. Mike's on the second floor near the media workrooms. I'm up on the third floor. Behind me, you can see the entrance to the Super Bowl fan experience, which will be filled with fans Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, But right now, things are actually kind of quiet in downtown Phoenix. We think that all of the fans are in Scottsdale for the Waste Management Golf Tournament. That may be true. And I'm near the refreshment area uh, here in the media workroom, and provisions are running low. People are starting to eat tea bags. <laughs> They're starting to turn on each other. Uh, Fox Sports yes. people, versus ESPN people, battling over who's gonna, uh, who, whose leg makes a delicious meal. No, we're not. It's not that bad. But, um, we've been here for the week. It's been enjoyable. A little bit more low key than Super Bowls that I've been to in the past, but I think a little higher key than Los, Los Angeles last year, which Michael. That's absolutely true. Last year was very much a little bit like a COVID ghost town to a degree, uh, exacerbated by that, the fact that everything was so spread out in Los Angeles. I mean, here is a very compact city. Everything's in the center of the city. I have a funny feeling in the next couple of days, you're going to have Chiefs fans bombing in, Eagle fans bombing in, probably starting with tomorrow's flights, and you're going to get some of that energy. We already saw a little bit of that energy on Radio Row. You were just down there. And it's not yeah, the way Radio it was. Radio Row is much more full than it was yeah. earlier this week. Radio Row is much more full yes. than it was earlier in the week at this point. But all the celebrities yeah. are around yeah. right now because we're on Thursday. Who'd you say? Anybody? I saw Justin Fields. I saw Andrew Zimmern <laughs> okay. from Bizarre Foods. Uh, I saw Ooh. Steve Mariucci. So, yeah, players, ex-coaches, oh. celebrities, they're all around today. Yesterday and today, there were like WWE people walking around. There's a lot of folks around. Uh, the funny Excellent. thing is, and right now, the, the NBA is making all the news right now. So we might, you know, they, they might as well take an hour off down there until that trade deadline passes. I know we were talking about uh, with Gabriel Morency, whose show I just did, and you've done his show also. That like, do you know how hard it is for the NBA to overstay, outstage the NFL uh, during Super Bowl week in the yes. town where Super Bowl week is? And yet there's no question yes. the number one sports story right now is the Kevin Durant trade. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, you did Gabriel's show, huh? How did you like sports rage? It was good. I was on. <laughs> we talked about the game. It. it was good. He said nice things about me. He, he asked if I was technically your boss, and I said yes. You're not technically my boss. You're my boss. Yeah. <laughs> technically. Technically, I am your technically, boss. Technically, I'm your boss. Both, right both de jure and de facto. Um, it was funny because we, we talked yesterday about uh, things we were going to start talk about during the show, and we just want to mention we had a long talk yesterday with Matt Lombardo from Heavy.com about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. People may yes. not realize it, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a lot like the NFL Hall of Fame in that they only put in five people a year, and yet you go down the list of nominees, and every one of them sounds like they belong. Like, we were going through the list of this year's okay. nominees, and we couldn't believe, like, Iron Maiden is not in yet? 
like Warren Zevon is not in yet. And we're like, this is the exact same thing as the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, my opinion, Iron Maiden's the first ballot. First ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I get Warren Zevon's too, but I think Warren Zevon is like the Don Coryell yeah. of rock and roll, in which like, if you're looking at superficially, it's like, oh, that's the werewolves of London guy. He, but if you understand the influence and the impact, he's, he, he is the Don Coryell with album after album of, of, of important music that influenced so many. And so, well, who, well, who else is in there? Who else is in this, on this list? George Michael, Cindy Lauper, uh, New Order, um, we, Cheryl Crow, the, we, Willie Nelson, who I talked about, like Willie Nelson is like the Devin Hester of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like you're not sure if he belongs there, but the people who think he does belong there really feel very strongly about it. Uh, and then yeah. like Missy Elliott and, and, and you know, somebody like They're all, you're right, they're absolutely all, all deserving. And yet, like Willie Nelson, like in my opinion, country music has its Hall of Fame, okay? Yeah. I mean, it's different for hip-hop. I think hip-hop is the spiritual and cultural extension of rock and roll. Absolutely get those artists in. Country music, you got your thing. Dolly, Willie, we love you. You've got your own thing. I, I, got, I was thinking about this this morning. At some point, rock and roll ends. Rock and roll's ended, right? Basically. I feel like at some point in the future, as, yeah, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they should put in Tool and the Roots, and then slam the door shut, <laughs> and that's the end. I don't. Well, want, after that, I don't want to hear about Imagine. Yeah, I don't want to hear Imagine Dragons in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's I'm time for the dirt nap when that dirt nap when that happens. Um. So, <laughs> have your feeling about this game changed over the week that we've been here and all the people that you've talked to? No, I mean, everyone is anticipating a close game. And then it comes down to, I think it's a matter of personal preferences. I think it's a matter of predilections. And I think dragons are cool, Patrick. Imagine dragons are not cool. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, for me, I lean eagles. Um, but when people talk about the Chiefs and they lean Chiefs for XYZ, I'm like, yes, that all makes sense. It makes perfect sense to lean Chiefs. And I think you were saying uh, DVOA leans Chiefs. Is that correct? Yes, DVOA leans very slightly Chiefs. In fact, the um, the pick in the FO picks, the premium FO plus pick, is Chiefs by minus point four. Chiefs minus Chiefs point by four. minus point. Yeah, that's the line. Chiefs okay. by point four. <laughs> that's really close. Well. Well, and the real line is still what? Eagles minus one and a half? One and a half. Something like that? Right. It's in the DVOA line. I just don't. That's that's too close for comfort. And that's, and that's very much a pick em. That's very much a pick em, is really what you're yeah. saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. So under the circumstances, it comes down to, I think, your feel for this game. And I feel that this weird to feel that this is an Eagles victory because it's a Super Bowl and Eagles fans are fatalists. And I was born and raised an Eagles fan and therefore a fatalist, but this feels like an Eagle victory. Patrick Seeley says, this is going to come down to Mahomes' mobility. I do think there's an element of that, but one of the interesting things is that Mahomes was so good in the AFC Championship game. First of all, he was so good under pressure. Second of all, he was so good outside the pocket. 
And third, he was so good on that last scramble that put them into field goal range after the penalty. Like, I don't know if Mahomes with two more weeks to uh, get the ankle healthy, I don't think Mahomes' mobility is going to be a big problem. And I'll add, by the way, that both of these defenses had problems with scrambling quarterbacks and mobile quarterbacks during the season. That's interesting. The, the Eagles had problems with mobile quarterbacks during the season? They did. They allowed a lot of yards. The Eagles ranked 29th in rush YAR allowed to quarterbacks during the regular season, 30th if you only look at scrambles. Kansas City ranked 25th and 28th if you only look at scrambles. How much of that was really, really impactful, I guess is my first question. I don't remember a lot of Eagles games. I'm I trying to find I don't a place to, to, to hide know, here, by the you way. Know, how many of those were runs for first downs, right. but a good number of them were runs for first downs. And you're and it's DR and everything, so it's obviously not just oh it's garbage time yard because it's adjusted for that. Right. Yes. It's YAR because I don't have the adjustment on it for the defense because okay. they were the defense. They were the defense, so I don't want to adjust for them. Not... <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that's right. Right. I'm not thinking in terms of Mahomes scrambling for lots and lots of yardage. No, I'm thinking getting away Mahomes from the pass rush much more. I think right, much more right. getting now, of course, the Eagles, this is, in the case of the Eagles, this might be more qualitative and quantitative in terms of how good this pass rush is because it comes from all angles. You don't necessarily get that opportunity to step up in the pocket, which Mahomes works with. You don't necessarily break contain and say, I can outrun the edges because you can't necessarily out, outrun those Eagles' edges. So, you know, anyone looking at this game says, yes, Mahomes' mobility, like Patrick says, and his ability to step up and make plays. I think the Eagles, despite the numbers you're saying, are pretty well built to, to contain or at least control that to a degree. Yeah. And I don't, think, I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think it's the same for the Chiefs. Because the Chiefs, it's like here comes Jones to smush the middle. Right. And you're going to escape to the outside. And if Jalen Hurts is against Frank Clark running on the open field, guess what? That's, not a, that's, a, that's a mismatch in the Eagles' No, game. I agree with you on that. I, 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 think, I mean, if you look at the mismatches in these games that favor the Eagles, cornerbacks, wide receivers, and edge rushers. I mean, there's no question edge rushers yes. favors the Eagles. And I think offensive yes. tackles favors the Eagles over the Chiefs. Obviously, the interior of the Chiefs line is, phen is phenomenal, but the offensive tackles are not as good. That's exactly it. So you start, And when you start stacking those things, I feel like it's a significant Eagles advantage when you say they should be able to create opportunities against the Chiefs cornerbacks, who I wrote about this week, great young players, I don't think they're quite up to this stage. Eagles edge rushers should be able to get a, a great deal of pressure against these tackles. You start stacking these things up. Oh, I would say the Eagles often line ability to run the ball against the Chiefs defense. It's, it, it keeps looking like here's an avenue, here's an avenue, here's an avenue for the Eagles. And the avenue for the Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes, screw you, here I come. Andy and, and, and Chris Jones and Travis. Yeah. I think that the rosters are a little bit closer than we've been talking about. Like we've been joking that, you know, the three best players in this game are on Kansas city. And then the next 30 are on the Eagles. Yes. I, I don't think it's quite yes. that extreme, but I mean, there's no question that the Eagles have certain positional advantages and that a lot of the idea of the chiefs winning is just Mahomes to Kelsey is so good. You can't stop. You hear me right now. 
Uh, I can hear you, but your your uh, your video seems to have uh, okay. frozen. Oh, there we go. We're good. Yeah, uh, I the bananas I, up here as I try to find a quiet place. Oh, all of a sudden, everybody I, you know what I need? To show up on the second floor. Absolutely, absolutely. Even though there's no refreshments in the refreshment area, everyone is here. Um, you know what I need? I need a coffin of darkness. I wonder if somebody can hook me up with a coffin of darkness. If you turn the corner and Aaron Rodgers was there, that would be the most amazing maneuver. But uh, that's not going to happen. Um, you're right. The rosters are closer. Uh, then we're giving them credit for. We are overstating that to any uh, on the Eagles side of things. But, you know, when the Eagles have the ball, it seems like they should have – it should not be difficult for them to score points. No, well, that's why, I mean, when people are asking me about betting on this game, I would much rather bet the over than bet the spread. Like, I feel strong oh, I about agree. the over. The, the, the Eagles and the Chiefs right. were two of the top three offenses in the league, and they're two of the three fastest offenses in the league by situation neutral pace. So they're going to run a lot of plays and score a lot of points. And that's, an, that's a huge point for the over, and that's something I did not look at. Will that be in, is that in the preview? That's in the preview, yes. That's in the preview, because that situational pace will turn into uh, an opportunity again to hit that over. Uh, we were looking at things like the first quarter. The Chiefs, I think, are an outstanding first quarter team scoring. The Eagles are lights out as a second quarter team. Um, and all of those things not just favor the over, but favor the idea of saying, if you're like me and like in-game props, look to that first quarter over, look to that second quarter over, look to that fast start. I think one of the teams is going to get better. Is my reception better here? Uh, you sound better to me, yeah. Or worse. Okay, excellent, excellent. Ian asks, do you see the Chiefs stopping the Eagles' run game? I'm going to go no on that. Where are you going to go on that? I mean, I think that they – I mean, I don't think it's going to be like 200 rushing yards and all the Eagles do is run all day. But I think they will definitely right. get rushing yards. And, I mean, I said for ESPN, I picked uh, Miles Sanders MVP as my favorite prop in the game at 25-1. to 1. Mm -hmm. Because I do feel like as much as they split the ball between the backs, Miles Sanders is the main back. And if the game stays close, you're going to see more Sanders and less Gainwell. And the idea that the Eagles running back should only have a 4% chance of MVP seems a little low to me. Nice. Well, what, was, what was the prop again? The Sanders at MVP for 25 to 1. I love it because I love the juice on it. Yeah. Or you can go you're right. Gainwell. You're, you're like one. You can go gain well at a hundred to one. Yeah, I mean that's that's getting a little carried away because if Gainwell has a big game, he's not enough of a big name, and people might look in the opposite direction. Whereas if Sanders has a big game, he's more recognized player and would get that opportunity to get it. I I love you. Had, you had another really cool prop you were mentioning. I think we took it was on the prop bet extravaganza, and Brian grabbed it or Kale grabbed it, but then you pulled it out for ESPN. What was that one? Yeah, I stole this from Brian and Vince in the prop bet extravaganza. It's over under on the uniform number of the player to score the first touchdown <laughs> over 11.5. Mm -hmm. So over 11.5 okay. gets you Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, and the Eagles running backs. Ooh. Yeah. But under gets you Pacheco, McKinnon. Devontae uh, Smith and A.J. Hurts. Brown. Yep, and hurts. Wow. 
An overgets you Mahomes, yeah. Overgets you Mahomes on a scramble. You're, you're, yep. you're calling. Oh, oh, you're calling over. I like that. I like that. Here's one Jody Mack from the Eagles 360 podcast, Philadelphia broadcasting legend Jody Mack pointed out. Over under on the number of quarterbacks, excuse me, over and under on the number of players to attempt a pass at 2.5. Yeah, that now you I'm, know me. I want to go. It's more fun to go yeah. over, but I'm feeling under. Yeah, it's no fun to play under. Like you're going to sit around all day and be the Grinch that stole a trick play. Uh, and of course, we want we don't want to think about injuries, although there could be injuries to quarterback there. But we, we went back and looked at it. The only position player on either team, well, not a position player on either team, to attempt a pass who wasn't a quarterback was punter Tommy Townsend, the pinball wizard. Uh, and he he attempted a fake punt at some point this year. But I still like I still like the idea. If you look at a guy like Kadarius Tony, he can throw. I think McKinnon can throw. And I think Andy's been sitting around with, with the enemy looking at the 1937 Cotton Bowl. And you can get a uh, – Hurts <laughs> might not throw one. Well, you don't, you don't win the prop then. That's for heaven forbid. I think Hurts will throw at least one pass. And that's going to be my guess. I, believe, I think so. I think so. The Eagles might try to commit to the ground game, but there will be a pass play in there. And the flip side of Ian's question, uh, you see the Chiefs stopping the Eagles' run game. I'm wondering if the Chiefs stop the Chiefs' running game. Because I think the Chiefs have a lot of success being a little more run-oriented than they've been in the past. But Andy Reid is Andy Reid, and I don't think he's going to look at this and say, hey, maybe if I slow the game down and try to attack that Eagles' uh, run defense, which is not strong, I think it's an advantage that the Chiefs could leave on able to. Here's an interesting stat, given what we were talking about trying to stop Hurts on the outside. But this stat is only for running back runs. The Chiefs are actually better okay. against outside runs than inside runs. Interesting. Interesting. But that doesn't count quarterbacks. That's only running. That's how read the Eagles try to use. So right. that doesn't necessarily. The fact is the Eagles. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, that's not an Eagles advantage. And I think we're, we're looking very much at the, uh, the 49ers game, especially in the second and third quarter. When the Eagles were, uh, you know, manipulating, moving guys around, going three by one vacating that side of the field and then running to that side of the field, which is a very effective tactic against the 49ers. Even though the 49ers claim they only lost because the quarterback got hurt, whatever, because their running game defense got gashed in the second and third quarter. That doesn't sound like an advantage you're going to be able to manipulate against the Kansas State Chiefs. Yeah. Um, talking about Hurts throwing, by the way, the thing that I've been bringing up on every show I've done, and it's in the preview and everything, is Kansas City's trouble against the short middle passes. And on last year, you know, we were all talking about could Hertz throw in the middle of the field. This year, Hertz was third, third in value on really? short middle passes. Yes. Nick Bolton is not good in coverage. So whether it's Dallas Goddard or it's A.J. Brown crosses, I think that short middle of the field is where the Eagles can have a lot of success. I'm surprised how good they are. I'm surprised you told me third. You told me 12th, 13th. Because so much of it is, RP, so much of what I've seen is RPO slant driven. It seems like there just wouldn't have been enough like attempts, wouldn't have been, like sort of ballast in the uh, in in the data to get all the way up to third. Yeah, third in in value 
this, so that's both the number of passes and the amount of success that they had in passes to the short middle. Awesome. Well, that's another edge in the Eagles' favor then. So yeah, that's another. What are we guys picking up on the Chiefs here? Yeah. Now, now, yeah, a point in a point in the Chiefs' favor is that Hertz has all kinds of problems against the blitz this year. And the Chiefs are better blitzing than not blitzing. Yeah. And we know that Steve Spagnolo likes to blitz. He does like the blitz. I'm actually surprised that the, that the Eagles had that many problems against the blitz. I feel like that's a handful of games where things kind of went sideways uh, on Hurts. Uh, but, but the fact is, a lot of those games were later in the season, I would reckon. Yeah. yeah the, the Eagles' pass offense did decline later in the season, even if you take out the Minshew game. Yes. But their running offense got so good. Their running offense has just been phenomenal since midseason. Right. Yeah. You you put, you said this. That's the second best all time. Yes. If you uh, look at the weeks. Eagles since Week Ten, without the two Minshew games, so you take out the two Minshew games. Okay. Over a full season, it would be the second best run offense ever. Now, who was first? The, the Ravens. Two thousand Rams. The 2000 Rams, Marshall Falk and the 2000 Rams. That was the year that Kurt Warner got hurt and the Rams still scored a bunch of points, but their defense was horrible. Amazing. If you had had me like start trying to guess what that run offense was, I would not have 700 guesses. I would not have picked the 2000 Rams. No, I mean, the other teams that are really high up are teams you would imagine the 98 Broncos. The like early yeah. Cam Newton teams, right, right, yeah, those all made sense. And of course, you're talking about Marshall Falk Hall of Famer, Orlando Pace Hall yep. of Famer. So you're talking about a team that could, and and like some other really good players, like Robert Holcomb, not a Hall of Famer, but a good back for a couple of years. So I can see where that came from. But that is how good the Eagles have been running the ball, and Kansas City's run defense is average. You know, it's average. It's better than it's been in recent years, but it's average. Yeah, and again, so often their run defense is Patrick Mahomes. You're trailing. You're trailing. Good luck running the ball to catch up. So, yeah. But I don't think that's going to be an advantage in this case. So, I mean, everybody we've talked to feels it's close. I don't think I've talked to anybody who's like, yeah, I think it's going to be a blowout in one way or the other. Agreed. Agreed. Ian says, I heard a stat on the NFL Network. Two times in the NFL era, the number one pass team went up against the number one pass D team. And the number one pass D won an average by 31 points. They're using like the raw statistics. Yeah, but that's only two times. That's a sample size of two, one of which is the Seattle Seahawks versus the Denver Broncos 43 to 8. That's right. That's right. I'm wondering what the other one was now. Uh, it won the 85 Bears. It won the, 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 the Ravens, but it was probably something like that. Right. Yeah. I don't it's know when the other yeah, time the top pass defense went up against them. It may have been the, the uh, Patriots and Rams when it was 13 to 3. I, I don't know. That might have been it. Yeah, it could have been something like that. It could have been something like that. What? what We've done a ton of media, man. What 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 are the most ridiculous things you've heard this week when we've been doing media questions? 
Not much. I haven't heard a lot of ridiculousness. You know, everybody's on the same stories, the Kelsey brothers, the Andy Reid coming back. You know, uh, everybody wants to talk about prop bets. It's kind of amazing thinking about what the NFL was like a few years ago, <laughs> just how um, just how intertwined everything is with betting at this point. Um, I haven't been asked a lot. I haven't done enough ridiculous shows to be asked ridiculous things. The most ridiculous thing we've come across all week for people to tell people is uh, media night, uh, opening night on Monday night. Uh, Mike decided that what he was going to write about was the Jalen Hurts sneak. And so they put, yes. for those people who've never seen media night, they put the top 12 or so players on each team at podium. And then the rest of the players and assistant coaches are just milling around and you can go up to them and ask whatever you want. So we go up to Grant Calcaterra, who is the third string tight end for the Eagles. And the poor guy has some comedian asking him the most obnoxious <laughs> question. But here's the thing. Without a camera person there to record it. Right. So he's just right. annoying this for no reason. Now, this individual, in the past, now, I've done, I think, nine media nights. And years ago, you know, there were guys like Vic Brick dressed up as samurai with fake swords. And when somebody like that walks up to you, you know, as a player, oh, here comes a bit. And you can choose to turn and run the other direction. You're like, or I'll try to try my hand at this bit. This guy was not dressed as anything. He was dressed like you, me, somebody off the street. And he's going up to, again, a third string tight end, like, <laughs> I am the great Cornholio. You uh, think the Kelsey brothers farted upon each other uh, when they were children? And doing these jokes, they're not, they're not funny. They're not creative. They're somewhere between gross and, in a few cases, offensive. And I was watching it and, say, and thinking the same thing as you. If somebody was filming this, you have a chance of salvaging it. But this guy seemed to be doing it into his microphone. And all this poor young rookie was doing was blinking and Jim Halperting at us, like, he what, was what blinking SOS what is what he was blinking. He was blinking SOS with his eyes. And I was, I, I kept waiting. I was, I was going to go just interrupt this guy. And at the end, I think I kind of did. It's like, I have a football question. I was going to el elbow him away. Uh, but that kind of thing happened in the past a lot. But you're right. The person doing it was dressed up as a ballerina or was dressed up as a samurai. So the poor individual know, knew they were split. Open mic night at the Super Bowl. This was this was bad, Patrick. This was like, and again, as somebody who had to do humor in the past on that in that uh, arena, like this was cringy. This was absolutely cringy. So that's, that's absolutely the thing, I thing I've heard this week. Yeah, that was nasty. The when I was going around the Fox thing, and you know, we're talking to Jimmy Johnson, and Michael Strahan, and I got to talk to Mike Pereira a little bit, um, and I put it in the in the walkthrough. Guy comes up and says, you know, you know, the trend nowadays is for teams to just go all in to win a Super Bowl, like the Rams and the Eagles. And when did the Eagles become an all-in team? I don't understand this. Do we just say words now? There's a lot of argument going on in the comment thread about whether you're right. There actually are a lot of people really? in the comment thread who do think the Eagles went all in because they signed some veterans to very short contracts. I don't think that that's all in. I think the Eagles went a lot in, but they didn't go all in. To go all in, you have to trade your future draft picks. But they went a lot. Right. In. The big head, 
a few million dollars left under cap space and they got guys. I don't, that's called being a team. That's yeah. called trying to, to win. You're yeah, supposed you know, to pull a lot like, yeah, in every year. You're supposed to, exactly, you're supposed to try. Yes, the Eagles have picks. The Eagles have plenty of picks for the future. There's no question they have some veterans Who whose contracts have ended. But they're, they have picks in the future. Yes. They have two first-round picks next year. So right off the bat, they have not mortgaged the future in any appreciable way. Their quarterback is 26 years old and still on his rookie contract. Now, of course, that's about to change. But theoretically, the, if the Eagles wanted to save money and be a dollar foolish, they could keep Hurts cheap for another year. That's actually a thing they could do. I think it would be foolish. I don't think they will. But there's all kinds of things they could do. I, I guess I haven't looked at the comments. Explain to me how the Eagles shortened their window somehow. They've not shortened their window in any meaningful way. The Rams absolutely did that. But that's like saying the 49ers went all in because they got Christian McCaffrey. Well, they made an expenditure, uh, you know, but at the same time, they've got two young quarterbacks. They've got you know, all these other assets. Along with, that's not going all in. But then maybe I don't understand what the perception is. Yeah. Oldheady403 says the Chiefs are wearing white and the Eagles are wearing green. 15 of 18 of the last teams that won the Super Bowl were wearing white. Whoa. Well, that's a statistical Whoa, trend that matters to us. I mean, you know, we, you- we'll, we can talk about our picks. I think your pick is slightly Eagles and my pick is slightly cheap. See, and it's the desert and it's nighttime. And as it's desert in the nighttime, I think you want to wear darker clothes because, as we figured out the other night, it's chilly in the desert at nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they'll have the roof if I open. Learned Last time we were here, they, they did have the roof open for Seahawks and Patriots. Interesting. Oh, yeah, I wasn't at that one. But the roof will be open. It'll be chilly. Dress warm. Dress yeah, warm, bring, a ja- bring a jacket. I'm, I'm going to jacket. the game. Mike is headed home tomorrow. I'm going to the game on Sunday. Um, um, here's another, here's another fact that matters. The Eagles have been playing Creed during their practices. Lane Johnson requested of Nick Sirianni that they play more of the Christian rockers Creed. So they're playing Creed during their practices. This is through Lindsey Jones, the full report. That has me leaning chiefs by like 40 points. <laughs> if this nickelback. If there's nickelback, I'd worry about like a lightning striking the Eagles bus. But it's Creed. I think you're okay from lightning strikes there. But that so is that an advantage for the Chiefs there? Again, I apologize. What I have to apologize for my part in bringing Creed to the world. Oh no! Right, you know, you know the story, story, right? <laughs> yeah, the, I, I played Creed when they were an unsigned band when I was in the music business. And we help them get signed. Yes. So I, yes. I apologize. I'm afraid and the rest of else? my life to make up for it. And who else? I know the other part of the story. Who else did you? What what great one hit wonder did you uh, break? Oh, I mean, I mean, I've championed a lot of one hit wonders, but I didn't really make anyone's career other than Creed. I mean, I remember walking through well, the stage. Wumba. Chumbawamba, I remember walking to the station with a boombox going, do you all want to hear the next number one hit? This is it. This is the next number one hit. Listen. <laughs> you know, thank heavens for DVOA and not just for the 
what it provides to the football community, but it kept you out of the music business because Creed and Chumbawamba were our future. And when I talk about rock and roll being dead, that was 30 years ago. And, that, and those, were, those, were, those were death shots. Those were kill shots right there. Yeah. So, so let's, let's wrap up here. If anybody has any, any, any last questions, you can ask us some last questions on YouTube and Twitch. So, so my, my feeling as to why I'm going barely cheap is, first of all, if it's a tie, you know, the two teams are equal, I'm going to favor the team with the better quarterback. And the other is that I feel like, and I've seen someone else say this too, that the extra week of prep favors Andy Reid and what Andy Reid does well, rather than what Nick Sirianni does well, that it favors game planning over in-game decisions. Even though we know Sirianni is better with in-game decisions, that the extra week of game planning favors Reed. So that's why ever so slightly I lean Chiefs. And you know what? You know, as an older Eagles fan, it's like the old Andy Reid mojo Eagles fans counted upon. The bye week win, the first round bye win. That now works against Eagles fans. And, you know, Eagles fans about that mojo still lean towards the Eagles because of what I said earlier in terms of the paths to victory. It's like I think the Eagles could have a path to victory by running the ball effectively, by expo exposing those rookies um, with their pass rush, uh, you know, with secondary shutting everything down except Kelsey and making you try to which gets you to 20 points or 23 points, not the 30 points I think you need. You know, I don't see as many avenues to victory besides Mahomes goes ham in this game. And so, again, it's slight for tenure, uh bet. I'm not sure what kind of prop betting I'll be doing. I'll be on the Discord on Sunday. I'll be on the Discord. Those of you who uh, are regular Discord users, I'll be at my home desk and I'll be there. But I, I'm still looking for you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I have a couple guys just walked up right next to me, so I don't know if you can hear. It's busy in the media center. Yeah, it's, it's almost like everyone's trying to work here. We should have just gone and like gotten one of those tables that no one's at at Radio Row and just should have just just done it in Radio it Row at someone's blank table. Well, yeah. we didn't pay for this table. Sorry. Um, Joe, thank you. Took a little piece of duct tape down with FO and we're in charge now. Thank you, Patrick, uh, the shows. So here's just so people know the future schedule. We're going to do a Monday quick Super Bowl wrap up show at 1 p.m. Eastern on Monday. And then Thursday, we'll start with our weekly off-season shows, doing every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern uh, through the off-season. That's what yes. the media center looks like on the second floor. It looks like a convention center, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am ready to shut down here. I'm, I'm hiding in a corner. And uh, yeah. All right. Thank you, Patrick. And thank everyone. <laughs> Thank you, all the listeners. Thank you to all the watchers for all through the season. We'll be back on Monday to wrap up the Super Bowl. Everybody, enjoy the game. Uh, this is Aaron and Mike live from Phoenix. Take care, all.